0: Picture this. It's September 2019, and I find myself leading a fabulous group of foodies from Australia and the United States on a culinary tour of a lifetime. Seven days of indulgence awaited us, and Menton was our destination for an extraordinary day of surprises. Little did our eager group know what awaited them as we arrived in Menton. With the of a mischievous smile, I told everyone to dress casually smart for lunch without revealing our destination. Our first stop was the vibrant undercover Menton food market, where colours, aromas and flavours tantalised our senses. But that was just the beginning. Next, we ventured to a renowned local citrus jam maker, where the secrets of preserving the region's citrus treasures were revealed. From zesty marmalades to tangy spreads, we tasted the essence of Menton's vibrant citrus culture. As we strolled back towards our waiting bus, curiosity danced in the air. I turned to the group and asked, ready for a lunch experience like no other? Everybody was waiting in Antissa. Patient, as I unveiled the, the location for lunch. An unrivaled culinary masterpiece that topped the world's charts None other than Mirazu, the world's number one restaurant. We sat down at the legendary Miro prepared to embark on a gastronomic journey that would forever linger on our taste buds. Course after course, each plate was a work of art, a symphony of flavors, meticulously crafted by the masterful chef, Moro Coroglico. It was the lunch experience of a lifetime, but the surprises didn't end there. After our awe-inspiring meal, we were whisked away to a nearby private villa where we explored its magnificent gardens walking with the owner who shared the secrets of this horticultural paradise. We toasted to an unforgettable day with champagne, indulged in decadent chocolates and basked in the magic of Menton, leaving us with memories that would forever be etched in our hearts and our stomachs. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's the podcast that's all about the cuisine that is said to have founded modern cooking. French ingredients and dishes have been the starting block for many of the world's best chefs and cooks. And on Fabulously Delicious, you'll learn all about those dishes and ingredients, as well as get to know more about fabulous French foodies. I'm your host, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté. Enchanté. Ten years ago, my life changed when I competed on MasterChef Australia, and now I share my time between France, Paris, and my house in the French countryside, as well as the UK, London and Brighton. My life is all about cooking, eating, and living life the best way I can. I love meeting wonderful food producers, chefs, home cooks, drinking amazing wines, eating some of the over 1,500 French cheeses, and sharing these fabulous experiences with you, my fabulously delicious audience. I hope you're enjoying them. Last week, we spoke with the amazing and passionate chef, Maxine Kine, who grew up in the French city of Menton. Today, we're going to continue that conversation with a focus on his place of birth, Menton. It's food, and particularly, it's wonderful food festival, the Menton Citrus Festival. Sit back, turn the volume up, if you're not driving, pour yourself a glass of wine, break a baguette, add a bit of saucisson maybe, mm, yum, some delicious cheese, and enjoy today's episode of Fabulously Delicious, the Menton Citrus Festival with Maxime Kine. Chef Maxime, I wanted to ask you a few questions about your hometown, mm-hmm. Menton, if that's all right. Of course. To, for those that don't know, where is Menton in France?
1: So when you look at the map of France, if you go to the left, you will go towards Spain and Portugal. So go to the right, and if the, the southern part of France, right before you reach Italy, that's where it is. So it's a 25,000-people um, town. I it's almost the size of a borough in New York, I believe. And it's um, it's nestled between the Mediterranean Sea, the uh, Les Alpes and the mountains behind it. And they're at the Italian border. So you drive five minutes and you're in Italy, and you drive 10 minutes and you're in Monaco. So it's uh, what you call the French Riviera. Crystal blue, uh, blue waters and sunny days all the time.
0: The Côte d'Azur is that what that would be?
1: Yes, exactly, absolutely.
0: And it's named the Pearl of France, is that right?
1: La Perle de la France, yes, yes. La Perle de la
0: France. France. I love the way you say that.
1: Uh huh. No, no, no. It's, that's that's what it's called. Um, who came up with that? I, I, I can't. I can't remember. But it's um, it's a lot of people. You know, don't know that it exists. Uh, now because of social media a lot more people know from around the world know about menton there's a, a church which is i would say almost 750 years old and it's got like you know bright orange and yellow colors and it's yeah you, you have to go and, and check it out because it's 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 beautiful
0: is there any specific dish that in french cuisine that comes from menton
1: well menton is like you know it's like i said you know it's like you know the a mix of Italian and interns uh influences, sorry, and like uh you know and, and, and French, uh, I would say there's a lot of dishes that, you know, we say, oh yeah, it wasn't created, it was invented in Monton. But if you go to Nice, they have a little, slightly different version. And they say that they invented it. Then if you go to Monaco it's the same. But I would say uh you know, Soca is I would say is from the I would say the the area. Uh, Monton, I think is famous for the barbageon as well, which is like a little, uh, like a little beignet dough, which is, and you do a new stuffing with like some pine nuts and some Swiss chard uh, and some Parmesan cheese and olive oil and, and onions. Um, so Monton is famous for that. Uh, you have tour de blette, which is almost like a, um, like a pie, but the, 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 the mix is, you know, the leftover rice you had from the dinner the night before, you know, coming back to using everything that you have. And then uh, getting the Swiss chard and chopping all of that, make your stuffing and bake that into a pie with the crust on top. Um, So you have little things like that uh, that are very um, typical from the south that you're going to be able to find pretty much from Monton all the way down to um, Nice and after. Uh, Some people like to think that the Cote d'Azur goes all the way up to Marseille, but it doesn't. You know, once you cross into the VAR, which is the next department after the Zalpe Maritime, where Monton is located. Um, it's like changing state, you know, like you go from New York to New Jersey, it's, it's a different state. It's neighbor, but it's not the same. So it's the same with us. So interpretation to every single dish, you know, um, like the piscella in Monton, it's only, uh, uh onions and, and, and anchovies and olives. When you go to Nice, they put a little bit of, uh, tomato concassé inside. So it's, it's reddish instead of just being golden like we do in Monton.
0: One of the things that I do when I'm going on a holiday, uh, and especially in France, is that I see when the market is on and uh, what days the market is on. And I arrange my holiday around that. Okay. Menton, or Monton, has the most amazing market in the town, doesn't it? It's an undercover market there.
1: Yes, it's... Um, it's um before it was a market, that's used to Monton used to be a, a little uh, place, and they had a big um, fisherman community, and so there used to be the uh, called it wasn't a market. It was called Leal, and that's where they used to to dock the boats right in front of it, and they used to unload all the catch of the, the all the fish and everything, and that's where they used to to sell the fish, but with the the, the fishermen community going down, I actually have a school, a child, a childhood friend of mine, we went to school together. He has one of the last places where he has a company that they go fishing and everything. And he sells to all the, you know, uh, to the biggest restaurants in, in the area. Actually, uh, a, a restaurant called Mirazur in Monton. Uh, was
0: I it, was, was ch- just about to mention this.
1: Collected well, yes. best restaurant in the world uh, two years ago.
0: Yeah. I was had the pleasure of going there in 2019 when it was a, a named best restaurant of the world. Um, I had a food tour to uh, the area. We stayed in Vence, uh, and then went to the restaurant for lunch with the group, and it was one of the most amazing meals I've ever had.
1: Um, I went there for dinner. Um, actually, I was there in September, uh, and he was, and he was, he was absolutely incredible meal. You know when you overlooking you know you're a little bit it's not by the bit by the sea level so you're almost like in between the uh by the water and and the, the, the little mountain uh, the italian border is like two minutes away from there you can walk it and actually you're overlooking the whole bay and you see the, the 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 church we were talking about like it's almost 800 years old and you can see all the illumination at night and the sun going down it's breathtaking and the food the food is uh is is insane it's 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 local, you know, the, the chef Agrico, has, a, has his own gardens where he grows absolutely everything. And, you know, it's like the menu is ever-changing because you don't get, you know, the, the menu changes pretty much like a, on a daily and weekly basis. So, you know, it's seasonal and, and that's what he likes to articulate and use.
0: The people from Menton must have been so proud, do you think, of having the world's number one restaurant in their town.
1: Yeah, because, you know, Menton is, it's a very, it's a very small place, but like you said, you mentioned earlier, it's La Perle de la France. So being able to put the city on the map and drew so much acclaim to the quality of the food and the product and the area and everything that is done over there was I mean, for tourism, you know, I'm sure the mayor of the city must have given Chef Morrow like a, a medal just by himself because for arriving, I mean, you know, we don't, during the summer, it's like, as I mentioned earlier, it's a very small town, like, you know, twenty-five, thirty thousand 30,000 people uh, at the max. But like, you know, during the summer, you go straight to about maybe a half million people because like all the, the camping places are booked, like all the Airbnbs are booked, uh, a lot of places are completely packed, full of tourists that come and want to enjoy the beauty and, and the charm of it too.
0: Annually in Menton, there's a food event that can rival any festival, a food festival in the world. What is that?
1: So it's called La Fête du Citron. So it's centered about, it's not, it's, it's f- not so much about food, but it's about the agrumes about your oranges, your pomelos, and your lemons. Uh, so because that part of France is famous for it, uh, in uh, late January, early February, they have a festival. It's called La Fête du Citron, the, the Feast of the Lemon. And what they do is like these, the, 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 the biggest avenue of uh, of the city, uh, they enclose it completely. And what they do is like they build, um, they build um, statues It's just a core, and then after they, you know, they make faces and they they build everything out of limes, lemon, oranges, Uh, and so like that. You know, if the um, if the the theme of this year, I'm going to say, let's say it's uh, it's uh, uh, Disney. So you're going to have your Mickey Mouse, and you're going to have your your Goofy, and you're going to have all all those things. And then after, if the year after it's Asia, so they're going to have like Asian inspired and themed characters built out of Lemons, and then after what happens is like at the end, um, it's like you know part of the like when you go to uh, to, uh, to uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras, you know it's like that 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 time of the year, uh, that time of the year, so they have all the carts and and you know with the kids and you know they put them little costumes and you know you have all the uh, the confetti and all of that, so it's almost like a, a big like a like a carnival. Nice is famous for the carnival. Monton is famous for the fête des citrons. And, and and when it's done, all the lemons, all the fruits are donated to local um, uh, places that may still make the old traditional jams and and, and um, orange preserves and lemon preserves and all of that, and a lot of the uh, proceeds go to charity.
0: Right, I didn't know that. So why specifically a citron or a citrus festival, a lemon festival? Is that uh, I mean, I actually no, I just clicked. There's the Menton lemon. I've seen that on signs when I've gone to the markets. I've just clicked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's just because of that. That part of you know of France, like you kind of Monton, is like you know you on one side by the Italian border, you have you have mountains, and, and then after you've got like you know beautiful hills where you're gonna have your olive trees, and you're gonna have your your, your clementine trees, and the, you're gonna have your lemon trees. And I guess the 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 climate is very uh, beneficial to. The planting and, and the harvesting of those fruits, and they have like a uh, very. It's not going to be like your mayo lemon that you that you're going to buy what you buy here. It's completely different, you know. The skin the skin is thicker. The pulp is, is different. There's more white. It's a little bit bitter, so that's why you need to do jams with it and, and cook with it. Um, and it's. It's it's special, you know. Like if you eat that, if you were to to grow a tomato here in New York or a tomato in California, depending on the sun, depending on the weather, depending on the humidity, it's going to to look like a tomato, but it's going to taste completely different. So that part of France is famous from that. Uh, Chef Alain Ducasse, you know, we're talking about it. You know, he used to make a a dessert with like, you know, and it was made with uh, lemons from Monton. Uh, You know, you have uh, people that raise products. There's a gentleman called Monsieur Blanc uh, that uh, lives close to Nice. And that was the official uh, supplier of asparagus when I worked at the, uh, at the Negresco. Uh, when I worked in the Juana in Nice, you know, we used to get our cheese only from uh, uh, scenery. Senery was the official supplier of the cheese for the whole hotel. So mm-hmm. it's every single area has got their own specific products and, 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 and different type of foods.
0: When was the last time that you went to the festival?
1: Wow, that's been a very long time. I was in France the last year in September, but the festival is end of January, being in February. It must have been at least I would say an easy twenty years. But every year I look at all the pictures, and you know I still look at what they're doing, and you know it's on the radar. Taking my kids, and um, we went there when they were little, so it's been, they they forgot about that already. But uh, I want to be able to grab them and, and go back and. And say, yeah, you know, I'll take them and go and enjoy again. Show them the roads.
0: Do you remember what the theme was?
1: I think it was Tintin. Tintin is like you know, like you know, the the movie. Uh, Tintin is like the French version of the Mickey Mouse. We had Mickey Mouse growing up too, but the biggest one for us was uh, was Tintin and his uh, and his dog Milou that you call Snow White here, or Snowy. Um, and then I think I think that was the last one that I want. So, yeah, it's been a while.
0: Maxine, finally, the question I ask everybody that's been on Fabulously Delicious, what to you is the most fabulous thing about France?
1: It's a very tough question because it's a mix of everything. It's, you know, like, um, it's not only about, it's not only about food or Location or, you know, here in America, you have places like, you know, you, um, uh, you, um, uh, how can I say? It? In America, you know, you, you get on the plane and you go to, to Florida and you got the beaches and there was like, you know, the sand and, and, and the, the critters, like in the, in the Florida Keys and the crystal clear water. Then you go into a plane and you go to the mountains in, you know, in North Carolina, which is like, you know like very green and and a lot of rivers we can go trout fishing. Then you go to Colorado, you have all the mountains and you go skiing and you go to Montana, it's almost like the wilderness. And you go down to to Nevada and, and Arizona and you have like, you know, the Grand Canyon and after you have California. France is 50 times smaller than America and every single of the snakes that I just mentioned, you can't find them over there. So which means that in one day, you can get in your car at eight o'clock in the morning by the the border in Belgium, or by the where are the beaches in Normandy, where they are D-Day, which is like you know a, a, a different kind of weather, a different kind of food, a different kind of culture, a lot of butter and cream. And then eight hours later, you're in the south of France, where so it's going to be olive oil, garlic, bay leaf, and and basil. Um, so I, it's not trying to be even if being French, we are cooking and arrogant. So it's not trying to be too much of that but to me you have to go and experience it by yourself because you know for some people it's going to be all about the food for some ladies it's going to be all about the fashion you know they will start to talk about you know the Dior and Hermes and and Louis Vuitton and all those things so there are so many different things that attract people over there that you say which one is the best that would be mean to the rest well, you, you really have to go over there and, 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 and judge by yourself. Me, the food and the, the climate, um, the, the, the fond memories that I have from all the places that I've been, that's, to me, that's something that that's precious, really precious.
0: Maxine, are you, I'm reminded of uh, a chef. I, I went to a book signing in Melbourne, in Australia, mm-hmm. and he was a famous Australian chef. He had multiple restaurants and somebody was asking him about that, about having multiple restaurants. And he said that he didn't consider himself actually to be a, a very good chef. He just considered him to, to be a very good businessman. And I think that in parting now, I'd like to say that uh, from your from your work experience and the the different places that you've worked at and what you're doing now, it's quite obvious that you're a very good businessman. But from chatting to you today and your passion for French food and food in general and just the the life and culture around food, uh, that you're obviously a very good chef as well. So, Maxine Kahn, thank you so much for joining me on Fabulously Delicious today.
1: Well, Andrew, it was a pleasure, and then um, you know, anytime you want to come and. And, and, and check it out we can you know sit down and have a nice little lunch open a bottle of wine and and talk about food as much as you'd like
0: i would love that uh, we end up going into dinner but you'd have to go to work um but of course you're also more than welcome anytime here in Montmoreon. merci beaucoup
1: perfect merci au revoir andrew thank you
0: merci au revoir